Welcome to Leadership Network's Future Church Podcast, a podcast with groundbreaking ideas curated just for you. With the need for the gospel in our generation, we must not look for a silver bullet approach. We believe there are many expressions of the local church. Learn how today's thought leaders are navigating the future of the church, 21st century solutions to 21st century challenges. We help leaders get the clarity needed to move from good ideas and intentions to results and impact. For more information about Leadership Network's resources, to help you pursue healthy growth and 100x impact, visit leadnet.org. Well, welcome to the Leadership Network Future Church Podcast. In each podcast, we interview a grant winner from our recent Shark Tank. During our last Shark Tank, uh, we listened to new and innovative initiatives, and they talked about ways that they were discovering to share the gospel in fresh new ways and make disciples. My name is Hal Mayer, and today I'm talking with Jordan Whitmer with the How to Life Ministry. Hey, Jordan, how's life? Good to be with you here today, Hal. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Well, before we dive into How to Life, why don't you give me a little about you? Tell me about growing up, maybe a little bit, and kind of what brought you to this phase where you're starting a ministry like this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I... uh, it's an honor to be here, and yeah, my a uh, little bit of my story. I uh, I grew up in a uh, ministry family, so my uh, parents and grandparents have always had a deep heart and passion for the Lord and for uh, seeing uh, people come to know Jesus. So I picked up on that at a really young age myself and became a believer uh, at, a, at a very young age, and over the years have uh, continued to. Just have a passion for the Lord and growing up. I grew up in, I was born in New Jersey, grew up in Arkansas, I'm based in the Chicago okay. area. But uh, growing up in Arkansas was uh, great. And um, then uh, really, uh, I've always had a, a deep passion for, uh, for, for growing and community and being involved and grew up over the years trying to help serve my peers and find ways to uh, share the gospel and uh, at my school, my community, and uh, been a baseball fan growing up. Uh, love uh, some the Chicago Cubs are my team. Uh, so, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's cool. Tell us a minute about uh, the How to Life movement, and then just about what you do, and then we'll get into the genesis of it because I think that's such a neat beginning you had. So, tell us a little bit about that, Jordan. Sure. So, so the this How to Life movement. Uh, we'll share more in a moment about how it got started eight years ago. But basically what we do today is we help teenagers and young people plan uh, student-led events and initiatives in their communities to uh, reach their friends uh, and uh, uh, fellow young people for Christ. And we really believe in the premise that teens and youth listen to other teens and youth often yeah. more than their voices and their family and in, in their world often more than their families, more than their uh, teachers and, and church leaders. And then normally that's a really bad thing that that's the case, but uh, we <laughs> wanted to see this be a good thing and help yeah. you reach their peers and uh, who better to re- reach a young person than another young person. So we've seen though a movement grow to uh, over 140 student led events that we've had over the course of eight years since this started when I was in high school, I started with me wanting to do something to reach my peers in uh, Arkansas and uh, has 
we had an amazing first event years ago uh, for hundreds of young people. And then this has now grown, though, into a movement that's had about 140 student-led youth outreaches across 28 U.S. states and uh, eight countries now around the world on three continents, uh, the U.S., U.K., Germany, France, Canada, Mexico, Dominican Republic, uh, and Singapore are the are the countries where there have oh, been very uh, with a passion to reach their peers that have started events and initiatives in in their cities. And it's been amazing to see the Lord at work and see how God's working in Generation Z, as it's often called these days. That's those born between 1997, 2012. It's today's teenagers, today's young 20-somethings, and there's a massive need for Christ and for the hope of Jesus. Yeah, so what's interesting to me, you're not speaking at all these events. So tell us how you do that. What's a what's an event look? Okay, I'm on. A, I'm in Australia, and I call you and say, Jordan, I want to do an event. I'm 17 years old. What do I need to do? Tell me what I the, the, what I do to to connect with you there, and then how you would help me if I if sure. It, sure. So, so my my personal calling is 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 less of being a minister or evangelist or pastor or anything like that. That's not uh, my heart and calling per se, although I do get invitations to speak and I'll share at churches now quite often, it seems. Uh, but the our focus is much more that of mobilization and helping young people, right. students uh, reach their friends for Christ. And a lot of these young people have stories very similar to what my story was as a 16-year-old. And to this day, my heart is still for 16, 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old young people around the world who say, Jordan, I, I want to make a difference for Jesus. I want to reach my friends for Christ. Jesus has changed my life. Jesus has given me so much hope. They have a powerful testimony, but they're wondering, how can I do something to reach my friends? They see a lot of barriers. They're nervous. They don't know where to start. But through this process, we help them know, well, there is something you could do. And uh, maybe you'd be interested in considering planning a youth-led event and organizing something. So young people reach out to us around the world. And, and we've had people from Australia who have reached out to us in the past. And it's, so it's a good example. But uh, people send us a message on Instagram and through social media okay. through Instagram and even TikTok these days. Uh, young people reach out to us saying, hey, guys, this seems really cool. I've been praying about this sort of thing. It's a miracle that I just heard about this concept. Could we maybe launch something like this in our hometown, in our community, the same way that you did when you were in high school? And 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 then we take those people on and and help train them, coach them, disciple them, and work them through. Kind of every year, we bring on a new cohort of new local event directors, as we call them. And these event directors are between the ages of 16 and 22. They want to, and these are the organizers of these outreaches and we help them. We put them through a training manual uh, we help them get connected with local ministry leaders. In addition to the people they already know and really work to help them partner with local churches and uh, uh, with local ministries as they're planning. What is at the end of the day, though, still a student led youth outreach where they're the ones that are doing everything. They're the ones leading worship. They're the ones sharing their testimonies. And they're the ones preaching the gospel at the end of the event. And they're the ones doing the promotion, the marketing, and and really leading. And, and especially more than any of this is they're, they're praying. And uh, we want to get these kids praying, growing in their own faith, reading their Bible more. This, sure. These events are a process by which these kids grow in their faith and really pursue 
revival uh, in a sense in their area to see the Lord work and to see breakthrough happen in their communities. And it's amazing the fruit that we've been able to see over the course of eight years now uh, and constantly continuing to grow with that. So what are some of the things you look for? If someone comes to you and says, I want to sponsor an event. Are there some baseline criteria that they need to meet before they sponsor it and get aligned with you guys? Or, or what does that look like? Uh, there definitely are. We we don't take just any and everyone. We Sometimes we hear from people like, hey, I'm, I'm planning a how-to life event now. I'm like, you are? We didn't give you permission to do that. What? But uh, and then we have to have a chat with them. But uh, we, we have to give people permission before they're going to do an event. We have, we protect the ministry name with that. And, and just that we, I mean, sure. we got to make sure that this is biblical. We got to make sure that people are uh, working in a Christ-like way uh, and that they are pursuing the vision in the right sense. So we, we help these young people uh, plan their outreaches. We, uh, but uh, the, the training process, we make sure that they're, we want them to make sure that they're already plugged into a good local church community. We, uh, that they have people pouring into them, that they're, uh, that they have people that can vouch for them and in that sense references in, in a way. And uh, we try to identify that and we want to get to know them and make sure they're walking with the Lord, that they have their own dedicated personal time with the Lord every day, that they are a prayerful person and I mean, the spiritual qualifications of this are most important, but then also uh, not as important, but also very important is, do they have leadership skills? Do they have the ability to be able to convene a team to do something like this that's unique and counter to what maybe they might be used to? And and uh, and, and and then we, we interview people and through our vetting process, through the Zoom calls and FaceTime calls that we have with these kids around the world that usually helps us weed out pretty quickly. And then, and then, and then some of them were like, all right, we're going to give you the green light. Uh, they signed the contract and covenant that we have. It's minimal, but somewhat extensive to cover the, uh, just to show they've read the manual. They understand the guidelines and how this works. And, and then they, they plan an event and sometimes they don't get it done and they, it just doesn't happen. And that naturally works itself out. But but often, more often than not, once they get to that point, they will end up eventually having an outreach. And our average turnout is about 150 kids, sometimes a lot less, sometimes a lot more. But kids come, they hear the gospel. There's evangelism happening through that event. There's a lot of kids who are on the fence about their faith, who come to faith often for the first time. Uh, some rededicate their life to Christ. And then these leaders are given one of the greatest opportunities they've had yet to grow in their faith. And it sets them up for a lifetime of being a ministry. We have people who were going to go down one career path. And then after that, they're like, scratch that God's calling me into ministry or he's calling me to a missional life. And those are all fruits and outcomes that sometimes come from these processes and initiatives and very amazing to see. You had a story of a gal who came to faith one year and you shared the other day. Can you share that story? Yes. So uh, we, the last couple of years, have been able to connect into the New York City area, which has been remarkable. New York is obviously the biggest city in America, but often one of the most underserved in terms of the spiritual conversation, especially for the youth. There's, I mean, there's people in all sorts of people live in their neighborhoods, their corners of the city, their borough, and uh, they might have a local neighborhood church, but they're from what we've observed, there's not a lot often going on to help mobilize some of these young people to come together. So it's been a wonderful place for us though to work the last couple of years because we've found just enough kind of like independent Christian young people from that city. And now we've been able to bring them together 
and assemble them into this amazing New York local Gen Z ministry coalition. It's, it's amazing to see these, and they they all live so close to each other, but never knew that they existed till now. But uh, that team in New York planned an amazing event back in 2022. Had almost 250 kids come to this church we hosted the event at in Brooklyn from all five boroughs of New York: Manhattan, Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, Staten Island. They were all there, and New Jersey, Connecticut, and. And one of the girls, though, in the crowd was a local girl from Queens who came over to Brooklyn with her friend, and and she was not a Christian. She was really living a pretty worldly life and was open to God, would have said she was Christian or believed in God, but didn't live it at all and uh, wasn't a believer straight up, she would say uh, today. But her friend brought her and said, hey, come to the event with me, and she did. And then through that event, she made a commitment to the Lord. Her friend in the moment of the invitation turned to her friend, said, Hey, do you want to give your life to Jesus right now? And she's like, Oh, I don't know. I, and then she's like, yeah, I, I think I need to, God's calling me to, she gave her life to Christ that night. This next, this past year, she's been getting plugged in with a local church and not even like super close to her. They've been, they travel like an hour and a half to church every Sunday and that's oh, just wow. how dedicated this girl has been. They go to church in New Jersey for some oh. reason. They, they go all the way over there and she's gotten plugged into her church, discipled, and uh, has since been baptized. And then this past year, uh, this girl shared her testimony at our How to Life New Jersey event wow. and, and shared with now 200 more kids who got to hear the gospel through her story and others. She got to share about how Jesus changed her life at How to Life Movement event last year in New York. And, and just the hope that Jesus has given her and how much freedom she's been able to walk in as, be, as a result of that and, and how these kids now too could have a similar story. And then this year we had several dozen young people make a commitment to Christ at that event in New Jersey. And this story yeah. has been able to be part of that proof. So uh, you mentioned TikTok earlier. Give me your uh, names on each of those. So if somebody wants to look you up, what do they look up on TikTok? Is it just how to life or what is that? Yeah. So our, 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 our strongest social media platform would certainly be Instagram. So if you're trying to find how okay. to life, movement, come to Instagram at how to life movement. And if you type in how to life on the search bar on Instagram, you're also going to find probably about a hundred different accounts that are all how to life, such and such, how to life NYC, how to life London, how to life Singapore, oh, how, to wow. life okay. Canada, how to life Orlando, how to life. Miami, how to like just there's like Portland, they all have local pages of their own and uh, are run by local team leaders in their areas. And those those local pages help promote local things. So if you see your town, hop on that and you can see what the kids in your area are doing. We're little by little starting to saturate different corners of the world and even countries and continents in some ways. But uh, so that's where our biggest presence is. But then on okay. TikTok, uh, we do have a page there as well at How to Life Movement. We do post some content on there. Uh, TikTok is a lot of a lot of our friends and a lot of the students that are involved with the movement. They, as individuals, are TikTokers and have been making some of the most incredible evangelism content that now for three years has been seeing great fruit. And there've been I meet wow. kids who come to Christ on TikTok through the videos that have popped up on their For You page. And, uh, and now some of those kids are involved with how to life teams, which is amazing. And we're able to kind of do some unique follow-up for these TikTok people who have come to Christ, but, uh, but God's moving through social media. And, uh, I believe that 50 years from now, there will be a Wikipedia page or something about the TikTok revival of 2020, uh, because of how God worked then. And, and just the ongoing internet reach that's been happening for, for youth. 
Very cool. So uh, your website, is that also where I can find all these different events? So uh, our website is great to find out about just the overall ministry and movement at, or it's just howtolifemovement.com. Uh, and feel free to check it out. And we have a, a pretty uh, connected page there that can give you more information. If you're a, an adult and you want to learn more about ways you can get involved and help get behind this movement, there's ways to see that. If you're a church leader there, it shows and explains a bit of what our hope for partnering with local churches looks like and ways that you can help support some of these Gen Z kids in your community. We, a big part of my job is helping bridge those relationships between kids and local ministry leaders that might not be used to that sort of paradigm of, of helping support teenagers with their vision. But the more that that happens, the more that the kids and the churches alike are just being so blessed through this sort of uh, initiative that's taken place. It's not a very, it's not that big of a risk to help support these kids sometimes, but the the outcome is incredible. And uh, so a lot of my job is helping build relationships, with ministry leaders, and, uh, and as we try to help support these young people that are really going for it in their towns. And But yeah, the website's a great place to go for, for any information about the movement. If you're like most leaders, no one ever actually taught you how to lead a church. Even if you ace seminary, there are so many unanswered questions and problems that no one equipped you for. It's time to take the mystery out of leading your church forward. The Art of Leadership Academy is an online learning community created by Carrie Newhoff. Inside, you'll find a host of premium on-demand courses and the strategies and insights you need to lead and grow your church. Plus, the Art of Leadership Academy offers community hosted by qualified experts and peer-to-peer learning. And you'll get live monthly coaching and done-for-you staff training, all for $397 a year. That's it. No catch. Think of it as the best investment in leadership development you'll make all year. Go to theartofleadershipacademy.com to sign up. That's theartofleadershipacademy.com to learn more and to get instant access. You know, you've been around for eight years, and these may be the longest eight years of our life with all the stuff that's happened then. What are some, what's what's a major pivot you made? Uh, maybe it was during COVID, maybe it was before that, but something with how to life, as you're going, you're learning stuff, you're going, you know what, we need to pivot toward this or adjust toward that. You got anything for us there? Yeah, we've had a few pivots over the years. Uh, early on, I mean, the movement started in rural Arkansas, uh, not a not the most multi-ethnic community by any means, but that's just the nature of the town I grew up in and, and, and what we worked with at the yeah. time. Uh, but over time, this movement has become international. It's become deeply multi-ethnic. It's become uh, uh, more connected to the global internet sphere, for sure, in terms of how things have grown. The pandemic was at first a major speed bump in that we had 10 events that students were planning for April and May of 2020, which was really sad. Like I was fine, but I felt bad for these kids who had put hours right. of their time into an event that never ended up happening. And so that was a bit of a bummer for them and for us at the time. But through the pandemic, because of how the Lord worked through social media and people learning about the movement and some of the, we did a digital conference during the pandemic for a thousand young people from 40 countries, wow. 47 states, six continents. That helped spread the word. And, and then through some of these TikToker friends that we've known, it just forged some new 
Gen Z Christian community that's been a massive lifeline of infusion of passion and zeal for young people all over. And also the pandemic, I believe, helped just get a lot of young people in the right space. Some of these kids will say the, they are so grateful for the pandemic because it helped them get right in their walk with Jesus, helped them get serious. And they've been yeah. really inspired for the Lord ever since. So that zeal has been a massive infusion of, uh, I think, helping people. Be, there, there, there's definitely more of an urgency in 2023 than there was in 2019 with these young people. And, and that's been a massive pivot for the better these past few years. Oh, very good. So, um, what's something you're learning uh, as you've been doing these, engaging with probably more kids that age than anybody I know of? What are some things you're learning? Maybe about this generation, maybe about how you're reaching them. I don't know, but just in that vein, Jordan. So, we have been learning some fascinating stuff. And what I've been learning, especially lately, this is something I've always been aware of, but it's becoming more and more prevalent. It's that globally around the world, often as ministry leaders and as people working on the Great Commission mission around the world, those that are involved with global missions need to understand the concept of we've got we 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 need to contextualize. There's a lot of cultures around the world, and, and we need to do whatever we can to help bridge those barriers and to help bridge those gaps. And as we try to come together as this rapidly growing church around the world. However, on the other hand, Gen Z has so much in common with each other. This is broader than just in the Christian realm. Young people today have so much in common with each other around the world. They're using the same smartphones, the same social media, the same tools at their disposal. They watch the same Christian content people often, especially in parts of the world where kids speak English, which, I mean, there's a mass, the English speaking world in and of itself is massive. And, and then it's the biggest second language that people learn. English is the language of the internet, for better or worse. That's just the way it is right now. Therefore, we have all these kids around the world who speak English. They follow this content. And just the global youth culture brings everyone together. People listen to the same content, follow the same stuff. And I also believe that as believers, as followers of Jesus, there's yes, there's differences among the continents, amongst the countries and places of the world. But what we have in common with each other is greater yeah. than the cross. The cross unifies us globally and brings us together around. We rally behind Jesus. And therefore, as brothers and sisters in Christ around the world, we have so much in common. And the more that we rally behind that, the more I think we are approaching a true Revelation 7 9 vision of every tribe, people, nation, language, tongue in the world before the throne of the Lord. Everyone's going to be in heaven together from representing the people that go to heaven are going to be from all the nations of the world. And uh, I think the more we live with that heart and mindset now is is so urgent and amazing. But we've really been learning that. It's been a privilege to help serve these, serve these and serve with these young people around the world. And I just love seeing kids from different continents becoming friends, helping each other out, hopping on Zoom calls, teaching each other how they did prayer in this community or how they did uh, fundraising here or what they did with their event. And it's a time that no generation in history has had a chance to do until today. Right. Yeah. The, the globalization of the just the, that you can talk to people anywhere for free. That is so cool. So uh, as we're kind of winding down here, I haven't asked you every question you probably wanted to answer. You got something to say. So what you, what's the story? What's something you so you know what the group needs to hear this? Yeah, I I believe when it comes to 
just what God's doing around the world that, I mean, I, I constantly bring it back to just a sense of, of affirming those that are pursuing God's mission. I think sometimes in our U.S. culture that for those of us that are from the U.S. or North America in general, Canada as well, like, I mean, sometimes we, or just in the West, sometimes we get really burdened and what, or, or just concerned, like, is what I'm doing worth it? But should I keep fighting the fight? And is, is what is this great commission all about? And, and I just, I think the more that we, I know for me, the more I read my Bible, the more I pray, the more I seek after the Lord's heart, the more I worship or anything, it continues to reiterate a sense of urgency of just how there's work to be done. We've got people to do uh, or things to do people to reach and, uh, no one person can reach everyone by any means, but I think all of us need to continue to just say yes to the Lord. God, what are you going to do? And, uh, and be all in for what he has in store for us and to, to step out, to try to fulfill the great commission. It starts where we are. It starts in our communities. We, it start for, for mo- many and most people, it's going to be local. What can we do locally in our town to just think a little differently? Who are we not reaching in our local town? Who's the, uh, immigrant population in our town that is being underserved. Who are the young people in our town who are not being empowered or reached out to? And uh, and then globally as well, just to be thinking, what can we do? What, we, what can we do to reach the unreached? What can we do to uh, reach our world? And, and God's going to give all of us a different vision and mission. But I mean, time is short and I think we need to furthermore with evangelism, discipleship and just God has a heart for the world. And then I know for me, it's been the greatest blessing of a lifetime to be able to serve Jesus, to try to fulfill the great commission in the ways he's called me to. And, and uh, I think for all of us to just remember to keep fighting the good fight, no matter what it is we're doing in ministry. Well, man, thanks for your time today. Can I pray for you as we close up here? Absolutely. Thank you, Hal. Father, thank you so much for Jordan and how life ministry and his team that's, supporting students around our country and around the globe. And as they grow, take spots of leadership, reach their friends. God, it's so exciting to hear what you're doing uh, with this younger generation and how you've taken tools that people have condemned and and yet you're seeing Christians grab them and, and share their faith. So thanks God for that. Thanks for his energy, his passion, his heart. I pray you bless them with finances they need and team that they need to to be able to fulfill the ministry and and help folks be successful as they're launching their own How to Life. So God, in the days ahead, give him your strength, give him wisdom, and give his team your passion. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.